This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunny today, high near 40. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 25. Rain on Tuesday with a high near 39. A Broome County developer is continuing to work on plans for a proposed gated community. Brett Pritchard acquired an 80-acre site in the town of Binghamton from Broome County one year ago for $300,000. The property off Webb Road included buildings and facilities that had been used for decades by the Vestal Hills Country Club. Pritchard told WNBF News he purchased an adjacent 134-acre parcel over the summer for use in the planned housing development. That land includes the former country club's golf course. Pritchard said he is still at the state of working on the details of the proposed project, which initially could include about 35 homes. The developers said a feasibility study will be conducted to determine whether there actually would be a market for the residential project. Pritchard said he's had a few conversations with town officials about the potential project. He hopes that details can be presented to the planning board by spring. Town Supervisor Elizabeth Rounds indicated she would welcome new residential developments, but uncertain if there will be sufficient demand for the type of project being considered for the site. Rounds said she would await specific uh, plans before offering an opinion about a proposed new development. Construction of a beer garden in a long, vacant space in Binghamton is nearing completion. Stadium 138 will be a sports bar with indoor and outdoor seating located at 138 Washington Street. Richard David acquired the property for $50,000 before he became Binghamton mayor. On Friday, David told WNBF News that it's all kind of coming together. He said he expects construction work to be completed in about three weeks. The brick facade has been applied to the lower portion of the building. The facade for the second floor is to be added in the next few days. Inside, painting and plumbing work remain to be done along with the installation of a drop ceiling. There's no specific target date for the opening of Stadium 138, but David said it will be in operation by the end of the year. State Police and Troop E is investigating a fatal car pedestrian crash that occurred on Interstate 86 near Exit 38 in the village of Bath. The preliminary investigation determined that a westbound vehicle on I-86 struck a pedestrian between the evening of November 17th to the early morning hours of November 18th. The vehicle did not stop, and New York State Police is requesting the public's assistance to identify the vehicle. The vehicle may have significant front-end damage. The pedestrian, John Vivanio of Sydney, was pronounced deceased at the scene. State police are requesting the public's assistance in locating a 2019 or newer white Volvo semi-truck with damage to the front passenger side. Anyone with information is asked to contact the New York State Police. A convicted murderer who escaped from a southeastern Pennsylvania prison earlier this year and eluded a massive two-week search before he was recaptured is now back in court. Danilo Cavacante 
was arraigned Friday on theft, burglary, and other charges in connection with alleged crimes committed while he was on the run this summer. Authorities have said the following, that following his August 31st escape from Chester County Prison, the 34-year-old stole the transit van and burglarized homes in southeastern Pennsylvania. He was captured September 13th after a two-week search. Cavalcante had been sentenced to life in prison after he was convicted of killing Deborah Brando in front of her children in 2021. A year-long suspension of the legal time limit to sue over sexual assaults against adults in New York has led to a tidal wave of claims on behalf of women who were incarcerated. Now it's expiring. Headline-grabbing lawsuits filed under the Adult Survivors Act name favors people like former President Donald Trump and music mogul Sean Diddy Combs. Prominent hospitals are among the institutions accused of negligence during the look-back window, allowing survivors to file civil suits even if the abuse happened long ago. But of the more than 2,500 filings in the past year, the large majority involve allegations of abuse at New York prisons and local jails. And the man accused of kidnapping a 9-year-old girl from a state park in upstate New York has been charged with sexually assaulting her. Craig Ross Jr. was initially charged with first-degree kidnapping in the abduction of the girl on September 30th. An indictment made public Friday adds four counts of predatory sexual assault against a child and other charges. Ross pleaded not guilty in court on Friday. A massive search in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains ended after two days when officers stormed the camper Ross was staying in. Rescuers found the girl in that cabin. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. On a Monday morning, we welcome you to Thanksgiving week. And I am thankful that you're tuned in, able to listen to our program. And I'd be thankful for uh, those who are in a position to call. If you are so inclined, you may Contact the program at 607-772-1290. This is a unique program. Some programs don't allow any calls. Some programs allow calls of specially selected people. So those programs are elitist in the view of some. This, on the other hand, is a program open to all. So, if you have an inclination to talk on our program this morning, I have an inclination to take some calls. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Am I on the air? I'm John from Binghamton. Yeah, I'm. Um, uh, I can confirm you are now on WNBF.com. Testing. Testing one two. Is this thing on? 
Is this thing on? The only thing missing is the obligatory feedback. Good morning, John. Hey, uh, I understand uh, there's a demonstration scheduled for today. Uh, and uh, the uh, I don't know why I'm getting the delay. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm not on the radio. I'm on the phone. Uh, yeah, well, crosstalk. Uh, so... Uh, Across from BU in the UHS parking lot, uh, I guess uh, around 4 o'clock, around 3 to 4, something like that. All right. Well. And uh, I just say that as a traffic warning because it looks to me that the parkway could be perhaps blocked. All right. Well, it's been quite a while since demonstrators blocked the parkway. Last time I recall the parkway being blocked, they were... Um, and when I say they, demonstrators were heading to the Vestal Parkway to the military recruitment office, but that was years ago. It seems like you recall that. Yeah, I do. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, uh, although this is the, these people are, are quite different than, than those people. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know where, where this stuff is going to end, but it, it has to and, I mean, if if they don't have permission to use that parking lot, that's where they're going to gather. That, that's not a, a UHS parking lot. It's not a, I don't know if it can be considered a public facility. Well, it's, it's one of those gray areas. It, yeah. it is open to the public. And unless and until the owners of the property uh, advise people or request that the police advise people that uh, you must leave at that point, if you are ordered to leave and you, for whatever reason, opt not to, then you could be subject to arrest. But at this well, point, because it's open to everybody, um, you know, it's a, a publicly accessible facility as far as protests. I, I have to say just generically, and I'd like to, maybe I'll throw this out there to you um, and to other listeners, I often wonder how well, let me carefully word this wonder about the wisdom of scheduling protests on private property even if it's publicly accessible i'll just throw that out there and and i'll ask you just to briefly respond to my thought i wonder about the wisdom of holding protests on private property even though it's open to the public your thoughts please well, once lawlessness is, permi uh, is uh, permitted, and that's the track record around here, uh, it's not it's not wise, but it, it it has to be met with force. And it, you know, everybody has got. I mean, you know, I credit Wegmans for, for doing what they had to do, and I credit the Johnson City Police uh, for for uh, cleaning that up. I mean, they they can't have that, and uh, you know. I go I go back, Bob, and, and the, 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 the problem here, and the greatest problem was is when those police officers in New York City and various other cities uh, got down on their knees to this uh, George Floyd protesting. That was uh, an absolute, uh, you know, breach of their office that they would, that these ranking officers would get down on their knees. I mean, this was the, the, the lousiest day 
the last decade in modern law enforcement history. So they they tried those those officers tried to go woke. Oh, one more one more thing, Bob. Uh, you know, I talk about nightlife and nightlife districts all the time. And the key is how they are policed. And I've mentioned New Orleans and Austin, Texas. Well, in Austin uh, the other night, uh, you know, in Austin, is the, the, that's their bread and butter down there, that nightlife and music. Uh, they uh, really police that area. I mean, one can remember when the one of the Bush or both of the Bush kids uh, got uh, pulled in. Uh, Wait, but, uh, are those... Uh... Had the twins been drinking? Sure. Okay, I was just, I, I wasn't sure that I was recalling correctly. I mean, I rarely comment on the children of presidents, unless they're testifying in a trial. Anyway, um, continue. So there was a fight that broke out between some thugs and, and in uniform, in dress uniform, Marines. And uh, there's a video or two of it. And you can see the police presence. First of all, that they have a special, uh, like, state police or alcoholic beverage, you know, like with guns. And then they have the Austin City Police, and then the Mounties from the Austin City Police. So that would give you, an, and that, you know, that's a bigger strip than we have on State Street, obviously, but it's, it's, it's not all that big. So uh, those cops there are dispatched uh, very effectively. and. If you look at what's happened in Binghamton, you know we had this this beating of of this uh, uh, person, uh, you know, uh, the transsexual, whatever he was, uh, and there was nobody around at State Street. So if you're going to run a nightlife district, you got to run it like Bourbon Street or like Austin, and you have to have the thing policed. And if you see that. that that response, it's a tremendous response, and it shows a well managed city. Appreciate your observations. Thank you. It's 918. 18 past the hour. No artificial intelligence is being employed in the production of this broadcast at this point. And of course, if artificial intelligence ultimately is used for the program, my guess is they're not going to mention it to you. But I can say right now, unequivocally, to the best of my knowledge, no AI is being employed. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Attitude. If it's only my attitude, we could work on that. 
We could just let it linger, I suppose. Big up to now on WNBF. Mm-hmm. Airport Road Bob, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Bob, I don't think you can uh, change your attitude at your age. <laughs> so You're having a problem with your phone. Can you fix your phone? Can you do... Do whatever it is to make your phone sound like a 20th century phone? I don't know. What does it sound like? I don't know. Can you get closer to a window? Can you speak more directly into it? Whatever steps you can take so I can... It's it's not so much that I care. It's just about the audience. I want them to be able to understand the points you're making. Well, it must be the town of Maine. We, we need another cell tower, I guess, instead of a corporate park. Um. So tomorrow must be the national protest day because tomorrow is going to be the town board meeting in the town of Maine. And from all the chatter that I'm receiving, um, there's going to be a lot of people at that meeting. Um, This is going to be the meeting everyone should go to. Um, The IDA will be there. Um, The IDA is going to make a statement about this corporate park. just asking people to pay attention, show up at the meeting if you're a resident, even if you're not a resident in the town of Maine, you are welcome at the town of Maine meetings if your street or address is affected by this corporate park. Um, you will be able to voice your opinion or honestly just email the board members, um, let them know your thoughts, opinions. We put 300 flyers out on the weekend um, all along the corridors of East Main Road, Airport Road, Cot Road, Rhodes Road, Airport Road, trying to let everybody know what's going on. I do expect more people than the town of Maine Hall is eligible to hold, but we will squeeze everybody in, standing room only, and let's hear what they got to say and let's tell them we don't want it. And what time will that meeting commence? Six o'clock, Town of Maine, Lewis Street. Again, if you can't make the meeting and you're affected, please email the board members. Um, I put the emails of all the board members on the flyer, so if you got a flyer, take five minutes, please. Just send an email in stating your concerns, your approval, or even disapproval. Um, just take five minutes to save a neighborhood. That's all I'm asking. All right, Bob, keep me posted. Hey, I'll let you know tomorrow. I might have to shoot you a copy of the video. Yeah, would you, if, if you're only. able? Standing room only, you know? All right. I hope everybody is on their best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll try. Thanks, Bob. Okay. You don't want it to turn into something. I don't want anything to turn into something. That's, that's my motto. Well, you're a news guy. You want it to turn into something. No, I don't want anything to turn into anything. I want everything to be copacetic. I'm thirsty, though. No, not thirsty for more coffee. I mean, I've had more. I have more than enough coffee. 
in my system to at least get me through 10 o'clock, but is it a moxie I need? Or is it an occasion that calls for moxie energy juice? I don't know. Here is the forecast for those needing. This is provided by the National Weather Service. This forecast is not a product of WNBF. This is not content that I have generated. This is content that I am appropriating from our National Weather Service. Sunny today, high 40, mostly cloudy tonight, low 25. Tomorrow, tomorrow, rain starting in the afternoon, high 39, maybe a quarter of an inch, more rain tomorrow night, another half inch. And then Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, mostly cloudy with some rain in showers, the high 47. And Sunday, or Sunday, Thanksgiving Day, Mostly sunny, high 47. So it looks like a, a decent week. A very decent week. Right now it's 27. That's minus 3 Celsius here at News Radio WNBF. Air quality has uh, returned to lovely. Air quality is very good now. The AQI Air Quality Index now at 28. Some of that. Forest fire smoke from the south caused some air quality issues on Thursday and Friday. But, but it's nice and delightful right now. So if you want to go out and breathe, go out for a jog. Go out for a 26.3-mile jog. No, 26.2-mile jog. Here's some weather guidance for later in the week from the National Weather Service. A low-pressure system will move into the area tomorrow. Strong winds are expected across the region late tomorrow into Wednesday morning with gusts between 30 and 40 miles an hour possible at times. It's 928. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. It's uh, Gary from the west side. Good morning to you. Good morning. What's up? So. Well, you know, Rosalind Carna passed away, and I was, it made me think back to the first president that I ever voted for. And it made me think how times have changed. I know times change. An example this week Snoop Dogg isn't smoking pot anymore. He but, says, he says, I don't, just because he says he's not smoking the weed, um, I don't have any way to prove one way or the other, but that's, I think he's just saying that to get attention. It used to be in the past, people would be ashamed that they spent decades smoking weed. You know, he's made a career. He's actually made, I think, uh, a lot of money by encouraging people to smoke weeds. Speaking of being ashamed, way back with Jimmy Carter, right, he had a Playboy interview. Where oh, where he, he lusted. He, had, he lusted in he his heart. Lust in his heart. 20 years later, we had a president who actually had sex with the intern. And now, 20 years after that, we've got a president that can have sex with strippers. So where, you know, where are we going here? Are we going downhill as a country? Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, what kind of a question is that? Are we going downhill? I don't know. If we're going downhill or uphill, I'll just say things are changing. The um, 
We're a more open society. The other thing is there there is a clip of what the former guy said over the weekend, and it's so disappointing that he would talk about something like this to his loyal supporters. I can't play it on the air. And it's I'm thinking, well, I could play it because it's the former guy and it's newsworthy, and yet I'm thinking, why? Even if you are the former guy, why go there? I mean, the guy, the guy should. The guy clearly has no boundaries. He he uses whatever language he pleases. You know, it's it's like that alone. Just what he said over the weekend ought to be investigated. Not not because he doesn't about, have about President Carter. You thought no, 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 no. I'm not even going to tell you what I'm talking about because it's enough. Just oh, I'm not, okay. not going to say. Hold on. Let me let me do. This is how people can find out because I don't even want to say anything else about it. Almost almost sorry I brought it up, but not really. Uh, you know how they say sorry, but not sorry. Uh, let's see, because even even people who are have been desensitized to the guy's behavior were were shocked by his. Well, nothing's really shocking anymore. I know that's the that's the problem. Right. Um, Hold on. That is the problem. I'm just saying. If well, no, this is one of those cases where oh, Newsweek has a story about it. Um, I'm not even going to mention the headline. I mean, if you know, you know. And for those, let me say, for the more sensitive viewers, you don't even need to know. It just goes to show that this guy. This guy has no boundaries. We knew that. Um, but when I I heard the clip on Twitter, and Gary from the West Side, you have to know that I rarely, rarely shake my head when I'm watching a clip on Twitter. But I shook my head, sadly. Because oh, he's back on Twitter? He's not coming. No, no, somebody posted social. this. Somebody posted oh, okay. this clip. And I'm thinking, you know, dude... We know nothing phases you. Everything is on the table, so to speak. But, uh, you know, he... What I am most concerned about is what about the kids? What about the kids? That's that's his attitude. What about the kids? My, I mean, he, he doesn't care. I care about the kids who are being exposed to this dreck. So He's you would... smarter than we think. Yeah, I know. They can make decisions I, for themselves. I'm not saying that kids are going to do stuff that he allegedly did. I'm just saying, you know, there are some things that most of us know that you just don't talk about at a rally of your supporters. And yet he doesn't know that. So anyway, enough of that. Enough about the former guy. Now on to other topicality, better topics to make people feel happy. What else is on your mind? Well, Rosalind Carter was a proponent for mental health. And, you know, and it's kind of sad that she had to die with something about mental health. But, you know, she was a first lady who took initiative to make things aware about this. You know, that was a good thing back then. I'm just thinking back to 1976. Well, it was such a different time. And I know, I realize, you know, time marches on oh, and sure. things change. Well, good and, times. Yeah. 
You know, Rosalind Carter is, uh, or was, I think, what, in my opinion, what a first lady of the United States ought to be. That, that's what I think. I think she is, or was, the consummate first lady, both as as her husband was in the White House, her behavior during those four years that Jimmy Carter was president. Notice how nobody calls him the former guy. They still hold him in high esteem. He's not the former guy. He's the former president, Jimmy Carter. So that, there's the difference. Most presidents, even among those who were unimpressed by some aspects of their behavior, um, are still held in in relatively high esteem because one thing you knew is they tried hard to uphold the image of the office whereas in my lifetime there's only one person that I can think of who didn't care about behaving in a presidential fashion yeah I mean that's okay I'm, I mean I don't condemn him I wish him the best in his future endeavors and you know good luck with his legal bills but the, that's another thing you know, if you or I get into a legal scrape, we're not going to ha- going to have millions of dollars pouring in from our supporters to defray our legal costs. We're on our own. True. Anyway, True. appreciate your call. Okay, Bob. Thanks. Nine thirty-five. Yeah, Rosalind Carter. She was, as first ladies go, she was the best. In my opinion, not taking away from any of the other fine first ladies we've had. During my lifetime, I'd say they've all been good. And I mean that. I mean every single first lady. In my lifetime has been good. I've I've only met. Let's see. Well, you know, Hillary. Sorry for bringing that up, but I, I had occasion to meet her several times and interview her in person a few times and interview her by phone several times, uh, occasionally when she was first lady and then ultimately as a U.S. senator. So I thought she was good. Um, Laura Bush. Laura Bush. I had an opportunity to speak with her very briefly in passing when she was in Binghamton with her husband, W, in March of 2000 for the St. Patrick's Parade. So I had a chance to meet her. I'm trying to think if I've met any other first lady. So that was before she was actually first lady. But she was very polite. And again, it was just in passing I don't think I ever met another first lady of the United States. But I I think the one thing about all first ladies of the United States, they've all been very dignified, even if their husbands haven't been. It's 937. This is Bob Joseph, live on News Radio, WNBF. Our number is 607-772-1290, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. Today on WNBF, Dan Bongino from noon to 3, Sean Hannity from 3 to 6, 
and Mark Levin from 6 to 9. It's all for you on News Radio WNBF. to now live. Nine forty-one WNBF and enjoyed the weekend. Hope you had a superb weekend. It was superb. <laughs> Busy. The last couple of weekends have been very busy, and that is a good thing. Uh, this week will be busy. I'm inclined to think this week will be very busy for almost everybody. If you're planning to travel, good luck with that. Um, I know some people, many people, actually enjoy traveling over the holidays. Uh, I am not among them. I don't mind traveling. I don't. I don't typically do any traveling around the holidays. I, I see absolutely no point, no point in traveling over the holidays because too many other people have the same idea. And what's even worse is the news coverage of it every holiday. Have you noticed every holiday? This week it happens to be Thanksgiving, and before you know it, uh, there'll be some other holiday coming up, and then there's more. And the stand-ups at the airports or somebody with a stand-up on an overpass over an interstate highway, which we can't do anymore because they took down our, our walkway in the town of Dickinson, so that's gone. Anyway, the, the news coverage every holiday travel period and they get these estimates, more Americans than ever before are going to travel. And it's like, whatever. According to the AAA or the Z or whoever puts out numbers. And I'm not sure what difference it makes at this point. Whether... Every American plans to travel during the holiday period or no American plans to travel. All you know is if you travel, pack your patience and be prepared for about anything. If you're lucky, you won't encounter many big problems. Or you might. If you're unlucky, you might encounter lots of problems. But these news stories every holiday period... And then they talk about gas prices. Well, gas prices this year are up an average of whatever. See, it's stories like that. The thumb-sucking travel week stories. Those are the stories that make it so easy for people to think AI can replace journalists. Same with the stories that they do, that Gannett now does with house prices or labor data. So they have some 
underpaid, overworked journalist as part of the Gannett Empire putting together a basic framework of a story, and then the story is filled with little pieces of data gleaned from whatever, U.S. Labor Department, Realtors.com, whatever. And then you look at that story and you say there's, there's no there there. Yes, it's been localized and they're proud. And we localized the story. No kidding. And then they make it seem like you should be happy. Yeah, it was written by someone. Which, of course, the original story had to have been written by someone, I guess. But to put that on your front page and, and pass it off as local news with no context and frequently with numbers that are outdated. I mean, I get it. The news business is in trouble. Hey, I'm part of it. I know. I know for a fact the news business is in big, big trouble. Actually, I'm looking up the, the thing, and this was from about three weeks ago where it appeared hundreds of Gannett papers used the same story that they attempted to localize. And they put, at the end of the story, they put the disclaimer. So we are publishing localized versions of this story on, its news, on the news sites across the country generated with data from Realtor.com. Please leave any feedback or correction f for this story here. The story was written by Ozgi Terzaglu. It's like, well, poor Ozgi. First, he doesn't even get a byline. He gets mentioned sort of as an afterthought at the end. And so Ozgi is getting probably paid minimum to write the template of the story that then is used by hundreds of Gannett papers for a totally unsatisfactory report. Now... I mean, it felt unsatisfactory. As far as the numbers, yeah, the numbers were probably accurate, at least as released from Realtor.com. But the story, it was soulless, as in without soul, without any perspective. So every, you know, newly released data for month, fill in the month, shows that potential buyers and sellers in Bloom County saw houses sell for lower or higher than the previous month's median sale price. So we can look forward to seeing variations on that story, apparently, every month now. And that is supposed to replace local reporters. It doesn't. Local reporters can't be replaced by AI or goofy, wacky things like that. I mean, you can do it. It certainly fills the spaces. But are you serving the community? Why don't you just publish the link for Realtor.com so people can look up Broome County's home prices every month instead of putting a story that has no local input. You know, send out, send out your reporter and have him interview home sellers, home buyers, real estate agents, builders, local officials, even, heaven forbid, 
persons on the street. Do something. Localize it. Yeah, localize it by inserting the figures from Realtor.com. Anyway, just a thought. It's 948. Other than that, though, I think they're doing great work. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph. Just so you know that I am reporting on Broome County on my way in today. I'm not going to disclose the exact location or locations. I made stops. Let me see. First stop was in Vestal for a story that may be reported tomorrow or Wednesday. Next stop was in Johnson City. Not sure if that's going to generate a story this week or next. And then another stop in Binghamton. And that was just... Now, granted, those stops didn't take long. And this morning, I only wound up speaking with people, actually, uh, some firefighters about something going on. (laughs) And they were very helpful. They gave me some useful information for a story that I might be able to report today or tomorrow. And that's... That's good. The other places, I nobody was around, so I just took notes and took pictures for possible stories. So, yes, at, at some point, at some point, I too <laughs> will no longer be providing local reporting. But at least for today, at least here at nine fifty, I'm working for you. And by the way, you can send news tips to Bob at WNBF.com, and I'll try to look into it. News Radio 1290, The system is totally rigged. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Together we've climbed hills and trees Learned of love and ABC Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees Goodbye my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air Pretty girls are everywhere Well, (laughs) seven before the hour. What can you say about that? Pretty much, (laughs) pretty much negated every, every good thing. (laughs) Every good thing. Oh my gosh. I can't do that. People are providing suggestions about things. Yes, people are providing suggestions about things, and that, I guess, is probably good. (laughs) It is interesting. Some of these suggestions are fascinating, and and I will probably act on a few of them. And, (laughs) oh my gosh. There are so many stories in this city, and I can only a cover—I can cover a few on any given day. There are so many stories 
And sometimes people tell me some of the stories, and I'm thinking, no, that can't happen. That wouldn't happen here in Parlor City. We're, we're immune to that kind of behavior. And come to find out, no, we're actually not immune. So, as they say, what if it can happen... Let's put it this way. If it can happen in San Francisco, Chicago, or Manhattan, it can happen here. It can. I'm not saying it will. But so much. So much. Oh. Let's see. Oh, now people want me to ask about the former first lady and I'm not going there I'm not gonna I don't see anything at this point in time I don't see anything productive to say about the former first lady we were talking about Rosalind Carter and I will say Rosalind Carter was a national treasure and as far as other first ladies I thought they all did well. Some did better than others. But if you want me, what about the former first lady? I, yeah, I could, I could go there. But at this point in time, that's not, that's not serving the public, in my opinion. (laughs) I think she's got bigger problems. Up in Syracuse, Dino Babers is gone. Boy, there's a shock. I know, you're saying, so? Yeah, I know. Looking here at the Syracuse.com uh, website, they're, they're fixated on Dino Babers being fired. And uh, they say, well, we still don't know him. Well, no, as, as he wanted. He, he didn't want to be known. And maybe that's just as well. When you look at it, some some of the other highly paid sports figures at Syracuse, it turned out we wound up knowing too much about them. I think if I had a choice about coaches at Syracuse, if I had a choice, I'd rather know less about them than more. So the... Uh, article by Chris Carlson at Syracuse.com says Dino Babers arrived at Syracuse with a secret. He leaves behind a riddle. His firing ended the tenure of the fourth longest career of a head coach in Syracuse football history, trailing only memorable figures like, well, I'm not mentioning names, but he mentioned some of the other football coaches at Syracuse and how they left behind a clear imprint. The memory of Babers will be more difficult to conjure a product of his distant public attitude, middling results, and the increasingly cutthroat nature of modern-day college sports, where coaches are vagabonds and time spent learning a temporary community is better spent recruiting. It's almost like the news business these days. Why learn about the community that you're working in, knowing full well you're out of here in about 18 months or nine months? It's 958, Bob Joseph, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. 
News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunny today, high near 40. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 25. Rain on Tuesday with a high near 39. A Broome County developer is continuing to work on plans for a proposed gated community. Brett Pritchard acquired an 80-acre site in the town of Binghamton from Broome County one year ago for $300,000. The property off Webb Road included buildings and facilities that had been used for decades by the Vestal Hills Country Club. Pritchard told WNBF News he purchased an adjacent 134-acre parcel over the summer for use in the planned housing development. That land includes the former Country Club's golf course. Pritchard said he is still at the state of working on the details of the proposed project, which initially could include about 35 homes. The developers said a feasibility study will be conducted to determine whether there actually would be a market for the residential project. Pritchard said he's had a few conversations with town officials about the potential project. He hopes the details can be presented to the planning board by spring. Town Supervisor Elizabeth Rounds indicated she would welcome new residential developments, but uncertain if there will be sufficient demand for the type of project being considered for the site. Rounds said she would await specific plans before offering an opinion about a proposed new development. Construction of a beer garden in a long, vacant space in Binghamton is nearing completion. Stadium 138 will be a sports bar with indoor and outdoor seating located at 138 Washington Street. Richard David acquired the property for $50,000 before he became Binghamton mayor. On Friday, David told WNBF News that it's all kind of coming together. He said he expects construction work to be completed in about three weeks. The brick facade has been applied to the lower portion of the building. The facade for the second floor is to be added in the next few days. Inside, painting and plumbing work remain to be done along with the installation of a drop ceiling. There's no specific target date for the opening of Stadium 138, but David said it will be in operation by the end of the year. State Police and Troop E is investigating a fatal car pedestrian crash that occurred on Interstate 86 near Exit 38 in the village of Bath. The preliminary investigation determined that a westbound vehicle on I-86 struck a pedestrian between the evening of November 17th to the early morning hours of November 18th. The vehicle did not stop, and New York State Police is requesting the public's assistance to identify the vehicle. The vehicle may have significant front-end damage. The pedestrian, John Vivanio of Sydney, was pronounced deceased at the scene. State police are requesting the public's assistance in locating a 2019 or newer white Volvo semi-truck with damage to the front passenger side. Anyone with information is asked to contact the New York State Police. A convicted murderer who escaped from a southeastern Pennsylvania prison earlier this year and eluded a massive two-week search before he was recaptured is now back in court. Danilo Cavacante was arraigned Friday on theft, burglary, and other charges in connection with alleged crimes committed while he was on the run this summer. Authorities have said the following, that following his August 31st escape from Chester County Prison, 
The 34-year-old stole the transit van and burglarized homes in southeastern Pennsylvania. He was captured September 13th after a two-week search. Cavalcante had been sentenced to life in prison after he was convicted of killing Deborah Brando in front of her children in 2021. A year-long suspension of the legal time limit to sue over sexual assaults against adults in New York has led to a tidal wave of claims on behalf of women who were incarcerated. Now it's expiring. Headline-grabbing lawsuits filed under the Adult Survivors Act name favors people like former President Donald Trump and music mogul Sean Diddy Combs. Prominent hospitals are among the institutions accused of negligence during the look-back window, allowing survivors to file civil suits even if the abuse happened long ago. But of the more than 2,500 filings in the past year, the large majority involve allegations of abuse at New York prisons and local jails. And the man accused of kidnapping a 9-year-old girl from a state park in upstate New York has been charged with sexually assaulting her. Greg Ross Jr. was initially charged with first-degree kidnapping in the abduction of the girl on September 30th. An indictment made public Friday adds four counts of predatory sexual assault against a child and other charges. Ross pleaded not guilty in court on Friday. A massive search in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains ended after two days when officers stormed the camper Ross was staying in. Rescuers found the girl in that cabin. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. And this is the WNBF Binghamton Now program. Your host is Bob Joseph. And this is Monday morning. Please make note of the phone number, 607-772-1290. Give me a call. I'd like to hear from you on WNBF. Doesn't mean much. An excellent show on air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, online at WNBF.com. And, of course, using the WNBF app. It's a great show, but uh, confidentially, the show that goes on behind the scenes is even better. If there was a way for us to monetize it and sort of have Binghamton Now Plus, where people would pay a nominal monthly fee so you could see what goes on behind the scenes, well, suffice to say, you would be 
impressed. And not in a bad way. No, it's <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you, some of the things that happen behind the scenes here at WNBF, the moments that are not broadcast are very funny. And I don't mean things that shouldn't be broadcast. I'm talking about things that if we had our choice, if, if we were rolling tape when it happened, that we would play it. I mean, it's, it's definitely arable and funny and original. And people are like, well, what do you mean? Like WKRP funny? No, funnier. If you ever saw the WKRP TV show on CBS, it gave you a little bit of a sense of what things were like at radio stations. But they toned it down because what goes on, even back in the 80s, and now, you know, here we are in the 21st century, what goes on at radio stations is intriguing, funny, strange, and sometimes, to be sure, it'll either make you laugh or make you cry, or maybe do both, but you know, we're going to have to start rolling tape. We'll just roll tape starting when I come into the studio at about 9 o'clock and keep the tape rolling, even during the news breaks and everything, just so when we capture these special moments, then we can roll them roll them uh, on the air. And people say, well, that's funny, but behind the scenes, Binghamton now. What else is going on? Oh, I see they're apparently sparring over the gag order. I'm looking. No, yeah. oh, okay. So uh, D. John Sauer is a Trump lawyer. He's apparently speaking to Judge Patricia Millett. She's a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals. So apparently they're having a zesty session about the uh, gag order. Well, isn't that special? I don't think I have access to the feed, or else if I did had access to the feed, we would uh, give it to you, but I don't see that uh, I can easily bring that to you. But anyway, we'll, we'll monitor that. They're having a, a little discussion over the gag order. Donald Trump. I don't... I, I, I have mixed feelings about the gag order involving Donald Trump. On the one hand, I understand why a judge would issue a gag order given his statements and behavior. I get it. But what I... I'm not sure... In the end, I'm not sure that slapping a gag order on him is necessarily the best the best choice. I understand a judge's inclination to want him to want to shut that down. But you know, now again, if if I did it, if you did it, if anybody else in the country did this sort of thing, not only would there have been a gag order imposed, but by now we would probably be sitting in some sort of poorly lighted cell 
bean-fed Velveeta and Vegemite sandwiches. But, obviously, the normal rules don't apply to Donald Trump. So here is what's going on. Here's a little background in this story from the New York Times. The prosecutors and lawyers for former President Donald J. Trump are squaring off in a federal appeals court to debate the validity of the gag order placed on Mr. Trump in the criminal case accusing him of plotting to overturn the 2020 election. The hearing followed more than a month of back-and-forth arguments about the order. It was put in place by the trial judge in October to stop Mr. Trump from maligning or threatening prosecutors, potential witnesses, or court employees involved in the case. From the start, the gag order has led to a momentous clash over how to protect people taking part in the election interference case from Mr. Trump's barrage while preserving his rights as he campaigns for president and claims that the prosecution is political persecution. So... What can you say? I I don't know. It's it's a difficult case. I I want to protect Donald Trump's first amendment rights. I want to see that the rights of everybody involved in in the upcoming cases. I want everyone's rights to be protected, but this is it's one of those things. It's it's a real it's a real quandary for the judge. So, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm inclined, again, just, I'm inclined to think in this unique case, given who we're talking about, it's Donald John Trump. We're not talking about anyone else on the planet. On a planet with nearly 8 billion people, they're Fortunately, is only one Donald John Trump. And although the theory in this country up to now has been no one is above the law, maybe they should have an asterisk and say, well, no one is above the law, but in this case, if, if the guy wants to behave in a Trump-esque fashion, let him. Because the American public... In fact, everybody on the planet should be able to be treated to exactly who he is. And ultimately, his behavior and his words will be taken into account. Whether it's for ongoing litigation or future trials or whatever. Plus, I think history will ultimately judge him. And I think you know how history is going to treat him. So, personally, get all this stuff on the record. Record everything he says, everything he writes, the gestures, the antics. And then come up with a a museum. And put it on Airport Road in the town of Maine. If there's enough room. just to preserve everything that he has said and done in his public life. So people won't forget. I think that's the bottom line. Don't let people forget 
anything he's done, anything he's said. You know, the, I think the danger is he has said and done so many things over the last several decades that most of what he's done by now has been completely forgotten. I think most people only remember the things he has said maybe in the last 72 hours, and those things were pretty bad. But there should be a place, and I think Broome County would be the ideal place for it to be located, the Donald John Trump Museum. Not a presidential library, a museum that would, would include everything, everything available from the moment he was born up to the current time. And yes, they'll have to have plenty of space to expand because he's going to keep doing it. We just have a place so it's all documented, not just for the short-term future, but also for all future generations and for people in the United States and elsewhere. People could come to Broome County and study and research a most unusual individual. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. First is Where news breaks first. Give you what you want. News Radio WNBF. Remember weekday mornings from 6 to 9. First News Binghamton with Don Morgan. That's what you want, the news, first thing in the morning. You turn it on, you find out what's going on. Is the world still there? That's a good thing to know, Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Yeah, turn on the radio. Good morning. I can assure you the world is still here. Here's the forecast. Here are traffic updates. Here's the news you need. That's all for you. Three hours, a three-hour Briefing, Don Morgan, First News Binghamton on WNBF, station that serves you. We've been doing this now for nearly a century. Unaware of any other Binghamton radio station that has done this kind of public service for nearly a century. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Look at our website if you want to see what's going on around the Binghamton area. We are reporting for you, so you have a sense of some of the things that are happening, including new businesses. I enjoy reporting on new businesses. Uh, paid a visit to the business that 
Richard David, the former mayor of Binghamton. He is excited because his project on Washington Street is about to become a reality. Spoke with the former mayor on Friday afternoon about Stadium 138. That's a sports bar which will have indoor and outdoor seating. It's located, ironically enough, at 138 Washington Street, a spot that had been unused since fire tore through the Royal Lounge and an adult bookstore in December 1999. So that spot has been idle for nearly a quarter century. And now the next chapter will begin soon, in a few weeks. Uh, Rich David said that it's kind of coming together. He expects construction work will be completed in about three weeks. The brick facade um, has already been applied to the lower portion of the building, and then the facade for the second floor will be added this week. That's the plan. And inside, they're doing some painting and plumbing, a few other things, putting in a drop ceiling. Um, it was actually in there a couple weeks ago. The former mayor showed me around, and... Uh, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Glad to see new construction in downtown Binghamton. Uh, no specific target date for opening Stadium 138, but Rich David said he thinks it should be in operation by the end of the year. So another new business, a coming attraction. And you can see... Uh, some of the pictures, I think the pictures are interesting. On WNBF.com, the uh, various portions of the project over the last few months, they've been busy over there. I've popped over every so often to take pictures. I like the, the photo that I snapped that shows a view of the steel supports for the second floor of Stadium 138. And that was in early September. So they put up the steel, and they've uh, been busy finishing up the work. They were even uh, putting in a new gas line across uh, Washington Street. So busy, busy. It's good to see things moving forward, and you can get more of the information about that story and other things at our website, WNBF.com. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, a couple other things I'll be following up on throughout the day today. It's always it's always interesting. I'm checking a few things that have transpired around here. 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to speak out. We would love to hear you on the air about local issues, state issues, or even beyond. We're here for you. And the program is actually open to all. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph.
607-772-1290. That's the hotline number. It's only for very special listeners. Like Vic from the Forks. Morning, Vic. I don't have to ask you how you are. Boy, there's a lot of feedback on your phone. Yeah, hold on. All right, I think it's fixed. Cool. Yep, it's fixed. I'm calling Bob because of the governor's new law that she passed her. Uh, uh, first, we got the bail reform, and now we have uh, uh, crime forgiveness unless it was sexual nature or murder. I think that's a sham on the state. It just shows how far left the state is going. Um, I know when I grew up in civics class, that used to be called social studies. Uh, we were always taught that, hey, if you're going to be a criminal, you're going to lose your right to vote. You're going to lose your right to buy and own a gun, which isn't a form gun control. Um, but my point being is, why is this law being passed? It doesn't serve the, the business owners, the small business owners, because now they have no idea if they're bringing into their family-owned shop somebody that has done a violent crime, somebody that has robbed a store. You know, it, it doesn't bring all that into consideration. And I think she didn't care about that. I think the reason they're doing this is because so many politicians have been or are getting arrested that she's protecting the Democratic Party and Republicans. What do you mean? Yeah, it's not a partisan issue. We've had, look, I I recall a beloved um, Republican around here who got jammed up and things got so bad he had to leave early after a federal conviction. So let's not say it's Democratic or Republican. Um, people of all political persuasions, whether they're members of a party or not, I know some independents who've gotten charged with crimes. I think everybody is capable of getting charged with a crime. So I think Kathy Hochul is trying to do the humane thing and trying to give people a second chance. It's not humane to the law-abiding citizens. What it does is the, the person that did the right thing their whole entire life, went to college, graduated, they are now in the same marketable field as convicts. And, and that's just the way it is. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be put on the same playing level. I, I think that this law is much along the lines of bail reform. It, it serves not the public. It does not serve the public because it generally, uh, you know, most people in the public sector are not criminals. And, Bob, I'm sorry. I, I, I believe in the second chance. But I believe an employer has the right to know about how you blew the first chance. Well, and if you want to share that with the employer, you have every right to. The problem is, is that a lot of employers won't even give passing consideration to someone who has a criminal record, even if they have managed to straighten out their, their life. So, think, so they're supposed think, to go through life virtually unemployable? No, I don't think that, Bob. I think they do deserve a second chance. But the truth should be there on their application. Well, and and, you say but, but again, it, it, they'll no, be Bob. shut down in too many cases 
they would be shut down. They would stand no chance to even get a foot inside the door under the current system. This way, they can get a foot inside the door, and then, at the appropriate time, they can confide with the prospective employer. You know, I uh, here's something I'd like you to know about me. Uh, and it's it's embarrassing, and it happened at a time in my life when things were totally different. I did some things, whether it was um, involving money or violence or whatever. I did some things that uh, I am ashamed of, and I actually paid a price for doing those things. And now I'm looking forward to redeeming myself and proving myself that I am a contributing member of society, and I would like to join your team to help as I rebuild my life and help move your your business forward. Well, Bob, that, that the reason we had the laws so long and they work so well is because crime and punishment are, and the punishment of crime is meant to be a deterrent. I mean, I, we already have the youthful offender thing. If somebody does a robbery or or maybe not a robbery, but robs a uh, shoplifts a store or, or, or breaks into a house and it's their first offense, they're usually given youthful offender sealed status if it's their first offense. And let's say they're under the age of 21. Anyone over the age of 21, Bob, knows what the law is about and knows what the deterrence are about. And if those deterrents didn't work when they were still non-criminals, and they, and they entered into the criminal realm, then they're not going to work on the second chance because, uh, you know, I can't say that about everybody. I'm going to say there are people who do change, uh, but the numbers that, recid re, you know, recidivate, I can't say the word, I got all this, but uh, they, those people who do the crimes again, are nine times more likely to offend, especially the ones over the age of 21. And I get that out of my head, that number nine times. It's probably higher. It's probably higher. Like the rate of uh, recidivism amongst drug addicts is the first year, I, I think, in the first six months, I think about 60% fail. And, and as you go by the years, up to five years, and this is found on Google, I, I, I looked at it a long time ago, but I do remember the numbers. After five years, you've got a 94% chance of relapse. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I don't believe it's that high, but uh, be, be that as it may, yes. Can, if you're dealing with substance abuse issues or if you're dealing with, uh, as, as some people would say, a life of crime, there is always a possibility that you're going to go back to that lifestyle. And that's why I think society should try to do more to keep people from going back to that lifestyle because, to be blunt, we can't afford it. I think with the population, Bob, society needs to, to reward those who don't break the law, not those that do. No, I'm not... I don't know that rewarding... I don't. I don't think by helping someone who's broken the law in the past, helping them to get a job is rewarding them. You know, it's rewarding society. If we could find jobs for past offenders as they are released from jail or prison, ultimately, that's going to be a plus. Ultimately, believe it or not, for every uh, former offender who ultimately 
gets back on track and lives a law-abiding life working a job, your tax rate is going to go down. My taxes will go down. Bob, I just want to make this one last comparison. If we look at bail By the way, reform, but but you didn't respond. I made I made I think a perfectly good point and you you didn't even say, "Yeah, you're right." That's because I don't agree with you, Bob. I I don't think our taxes will go down. Well, we okay. All right. Our taxes won't go up as much, and here's why. For every person that we're holding every single day, whether it's in the jail on Front Street or at the beautiful correctional facility in Auburn near the um, Prison City Brewing Company where they're making license plates. That's costing us thousands and thousands of dollars. We can't afford to keep holding so many people if there's a way to get them back to being productive. So it just makes sense. Every single person who ultimately winds up getting a job and therefore paying taxes, that means they'll contribute. Now, will taxes ever come down realistically? Uh, Probably not. Can we keep them from going up as fast as they are? Yeah, probably, if we reduce the costs. Cost of doing business for incarcerating people, it's enormous. And we don't even have enough people to serve as correction officers right now. There are shortages at the county level and at the state level. So we're having big problems with the system as it currently stands. We're going to have big problems as long as American lets criminals get out on bail and they reappear. The same is going to happen with most convicts. Not all, but most convicts. Um, I did some time in Suwon Prison in South Korea as a missionary. And I'm telling you, I saw people change in there. And uh, uh, what was amazing about some of them is they were Americans who got caught with a joint, and they got 25-year, you know, American soldiers, and they got 25 years in prison for having possession of marijuana joint. And we used to bring them American food. That was our missionary, because you can't eat Korean prison food. It's rotten cabbage is what they feed them, rotten, rotten cabbage and old rice. But uh, uh, when you go to when you go to jail in America, uh, it's usually for something that that offended the public. That's why they're there. A jury of their peers found them guilty. The public was offended. Now they get out of jail and they get you know uh, they automatically um, almost every one of them get welfare to help them get a step up. Uh, uh, they, they get some kind of social assistance from the government because the government knows they're ex-cons, so they get help from the government. And I think that if a person committed a crime and is not going to commit again and knows that he's not going to commit again, then he should be able to have a discussion with any employee look, looking to hire somebody and say, listen, and at the very beginning of the interview, say, listen, I made a mistake when I was 22 years old. I, I burglarized the house. I, I was in poor shape. You know, given the reason why he did it, either he was on drugs or whatever, whatever the reason might have been, he did the burglary and he got time. And now he's going to get forgive, that forgiven uh, under this new law. But in the old, old law, Bob, when I was interviewing people at IBM, there was a plenty of people who said they committed a crime because they knew it was going to be found out. 
they knew that there was going to be a background check. And the ones that lie about not committing the crime, they're the ones that are going to offend again. But the ones who admitted to their crime, as long as it wasn't sexual or murder in nature, they were hired because they admitted to it. And they're not lying about it. And that owns it. And that's the way it should be. And I think most employers in this country will hire somebody that's honest with them right from the start. They might not trust them, so they give them a low-level job, but once they get to know the people, they move up the ladder, they can do better. And, and that's the way it is with a kid getting out of college. He gets hired in a position, he, uh, they, they check him out, they see if he does a good job, they promote him, and he gets a better job. Uh, it should not be the state decides who can work and who doesn't need to know about that person's past because I'm telling you, Governor Kathy cannot be sued, Bob. There's no way he can sue anybody in government for, for making a mistake. And I think this is a mistake because you mark my words, there's going to be a repeat offender that kills somebody or robs a grocery store and kills somebody or go back and robs a bank because he got that break and got that job. But you can't sue Kathy Hochul. And a good thing, or else all of New York's lawyers probably would be too busy. We'd have to we'd have to bus in more lawyers from Central America to keep up with the litigation. That's true, Bob. And, I'm just no, no, it's not true. It's it's my idea of a joke, but admittedly not admittedly not very funny. But I mean, let's face it: is should elected officials have to face lawsuits? Come on, man. Who, well, that, who would uh, ever run for any <laughs> office? Seriously, who would run for any office if if you would wind up facing lawsuits because of laws you signed? Nobody. Nobody would want to be governor. Nobody would want to be county executive. Nobody would want to be mayor. All they'd want to do is be talk show hosts, and there aren't enough talk shows to go around. If they knew they were going to go to jail for making a bad decision, they would think about the decision like bail reform. Well, then we're going to have to build more jails, and we don't have the money to do that. We've already stipulated that it costs thousands of dollars a month to incarcerate anyone, and we don't even have enough guards to keep an eye on the people who are in jails and, and prison cells in New York State right now. So, good thing. Good thing government officials can't be hauled off to jail. Well, we need to get back to the basics, Bob, and maybe people won't go to jail. Maybe, maybe they'll learn, because the reason our, our, our crime rate is so high is we did away with prayer in school. We did away with the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, we don't talk about God. We don't ca talk about Hinduism. Well, I think they do talk about Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, but we're just not allowed to talk about God. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. You're not allowed to talk about God? Every American is allowed to talk about God. Just like every American is allowed to not talk about God. You have freedom of speech. Yes, there are restrictions about what's going to be talked about in school. It's up to the parents. The parents are raising the kids. Our schools are not raising the kids. So if, if there are certain things that are not going to be talked about in the classroom, that's where the parent and guardian comes in. If you're a parent or a guardian of someone under the age of 50, then feel free to teach him 
right from wrong. Certain things in schools that at this point, they do have to be restricted because not everybody agrees on certain things. So it becomes a sensitive thing. But yes, if you're a parent, teach your children well. 1049 WNBF. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, to, to piggyback off of Vic's point, um, there's certain jobs in New York State that you can't hold, regardless if you've been convicted of any crime. If you try to apply for a restaurant permit that sells wine and liquor, you can't have any convicted felons working for you. And they actually will investigate that. So, I mean, there's jobs that New York State will not allow you to perform if you've been convicted of any type of, of crime. What about if you want yeah. to be a cop? You can't be convicted of a crime and be a cop. And I believe maybe a violation, but what police officer is going to be a convicted felon out there enforcing the laws of the state? They're not going to allow it. So why should a private business owner be forced to do that, which the state won't do itself? All right. Well, that's, not, not, I, I, have not, I have, I have why, nothing. I have nothing. Why should a private business owner be forced to do something that New York State won't roll the dice on? Because themselves? it's different. Now, because run, can't do that. Because it, run, it, running it, it, running a radio station is different than from running a police station. So there there are differences in the jobs. <laughs> Trust me. Being a talk show host is totally different than being a police officer. So. There are differences and qualifications for different jobs. I guess that's the answer. Vinny from Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Um, you know, I, I, I heard Vic, and I, I've just always, whenever we talk about these type of situations and laws and stuff, I always go back. I try my best to go back to look at the beginning of the source, and that's when these people that commit crimes, let's go back to the, the, their early ages when they're young, preschool. Now, you're not going to get everybody, but I really believe we should start back there when the, when the kids are in school. When, uh, you know, I, I was talking the other day with my, well, I've talked about this many times with my friends. I said, you remember um, when we were in school and, and that, they used to say to have detention and they would say it over the micro, over the uh, PA. With the following people, please report to detention, uh, you know, ninth period. And they'd say the names. And it was always the same people. 
even sometimes same families that were always getting in trouble. And I wonder what are schools able to do with those kids or what are we as a society able to do to stop this? These teachers all across this country, they cannot do this by themselves. And where is the responsibility of these parents? Every time I see something, where are the parents? And I know I'm not alone. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? What's going on? What, what, oh, we want the teachers to do everything. My son, who I told you is in law enforcement in Florida, he was telling me the uh, last time he was home that they're training, they're showing teachers on firearms in Florida. I said, what? He goes, yeah, we're, we're training them. Oh, teachers are going to have a guns now. Yeah, yep, they want to. They get training and stuff like that. I said, until they, until they shoot a kid by mistake. And I say, geez, it used to be bring a teacher an apple when I was growing up. Now we've got guns. We've got bulletproof doors. We've got cameras. We've got police inside. This is a, this is a society we have. And now we watch the TV and the president, an ex-president of the United States is in, in court. What are we to tell our kids? What are we to tell our young people? Bob, this is, it's very, see, we're, I, I, we're like, we're looking at, we're only doing one side of it, and it's not going to solve the problem. We've got to get to the beginning of the problem. We've got to support some of these teachers. Do you have bad teachers? Yes, you do. And we'll point them out. But do we have bad parents? Yeah, we got a lot of them. We right. have a lot of bad parents. That's true. It's like, hey, every, no matter what uh, endeavor, there's some that are bad. Listen to the radio. Yeah, Not every talk show host can be good. Like Dan Bongino, or Tucker Carlson, or Sean Hannity. I'm Bob Joseph. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media state. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunny today, high near 40. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 25. Rain on Tuesday with a high near 39. A Broome County developer is continuing to work on plans for a proposed gated community. Brett Pritchard acquired an 80-acre site in the town of Binghamton from Broome County one year ago for $300,000. The property off Webb Road included buildings and facilities that had been used for decades by the Vestal Hills Country Club. Pritchard told WNBF News he purchased an adjacent 134-acre parcel over the summer for use in the planned housing development. That land includes the former Country Club's golf course. Pritchard said he is still at the state of working on the details of the proposed project, which initially could include about 35 homes. The developers said a feasibility study will be conducted to determine whether there actually would be a market for the residential project. Pritchard said he's had a few conversations with town officials about the potential project. He hopes the details can be presented to the planning board by spring. Town Supervisor Elizabeth Rounds indicated she would welcome new residential developments, but uncertain if there will be sufficient demand for the type of project being considered for the site. Brown said she would await specific uh, plans before offering an opinion about a proposed new development. 
Construction of a beer garden in a long, vacant space in Binghamton is nearing completion. Stadium 138 will be a sports bar with indoor and outdoor seating located at 138 Washington Street. Richard David acquired the property for $50,000 before he became Binghamton mayor. On Friday, David told WNBF News that it's all kind of coming together. He said he expects construction work to be completed in about three weeks. The brick facade has been applied to the lower portion of the building. The facade for the second floor is to be added in the next few days. Inside, painting and plumbing work remain to be done along with the installation of a drop ceiling. There's no specific target date for the opening of Stadium 138, but David said it will be in operation by the end of the year. State Police and Troop E is investigating a fatal car pedestrian crash that occurred on Interstate 86 near Exit 38 in the village of Bath. The preliminary investigation determined that a westbound vehicle on I-86 struck a pedestrian between the evening of November 17th to the early morning hours of November 18th. The vehicle did not stop, and New York State Police is requesting the public's assistance to identify the vehicle. The vehicle may have significant front-end damage. The pedestrian John Vivanio of Sydney was pronounced deceased at the scene. State police are requesting the public's assistance in locating a 2019 or newer white Volvo semi-truck with damage to the front passenger side. Anyone with information is asked to contact the New York State Police. A convicted murderer who escaped from a southeastern Pennsylvania prison earlier this year and eluded a massive two-week search before he was recaptured is now back in court. Danilo Cavacante was arraigned Friday on theft, burglary, and other charges in connection with alleged crimes committed while he was on the run this summer. Authorities have said the following that following his August 31st escape from Chester County Prison, the 34-year-old stole the transit van and burglarized homes in southeastern Pennsylvania. He was captured September 13th after a two-week search. Cavalcante had been sentenced to life in prison after he was convicted of killing Deborah Brando in front of her children in 2021. A year-long suspension of the legal time limit to sue over sexual assaults against adults in New York has led to a tidal wave of claims on behalf of women who were incarcerated. Now it's expiring. Headline-grabbing lawsuits filed under the Adult Survivors Act name favors people like former President Donald Trump and music mogul Sean Diddy Combs. Prominent hospitals are among the institutions accused of negligence during the look-back window, allowing survivors to file civil suits even if the abuse happened long ago. But of the more than 2,500 filings in the past year, the large majority involve allegations of abuse at New York prisons and local jails. And the man accused of kidnapping a nine-year-old girl from a state park in upstate New York has been charged with sexually assaulting her. Greg Ross Jr. was initially charged with first-degree kidnapping in the abduction of the girl on September 30th. An indictment made public Friday adds four counts of predatory sexual assault against a child and other charges. Ross pleaded not guilty in court on Friday. A massive search in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains ended after two days when officers stormed the camper Ross was staying in. Rescuers found the girl in that cabin. 
for updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to the Monday edition of Binghamton Now on WNBF. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart of me. The love we share. It's Monday morning, Bob Joseph, Thanksgiving week, and uh, just enjoying the Thanksgiving messages. If you want to send a Thanksgiving message, send it to Bob at WNBF.com. Some Thanksgiving messages are probably going to be read on the program, so spelling counts. Again, Bob at WNBF.com. If you have a Thanksgiving message to the nation, send it, and certain Thanksgiving messages may be read on the air. Here's one, for example. Happy Thanksgiving 2023. This one came in five minutes ago from an organization. Because of HIPAA, I'll protect the organization's privacy. But uh, it says divide. Oh, no. (laughs) Never mind. I'll uh, protect the organization's privacy. This organization wishes you a happy Thanksgiving 2023. And then it has a link to the website. And they know I don't click on links. Donations gratefully accepted. Here are the donation options. Click the donate button to donate. If you wish to mail a check or money order, please mail it to us. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, delete that. If your Thanksgiving message consists of something like that, where it says Happy Thanksgiving and donations gratefully accepted, don't even bother. If that's your Thanksgiving message, I honestly, I don't need to see that. (laughs) I just don't need to see that. I mean, appreciate... I appreciate all Thanksgiving messages, but if the if the Thanksgiving message ultimately comes down to you want me to send you money, don't waste our time. Uh, seriously, don't waste our time. Well, <laughs> some of these are just too funny. Let's see. I'm looking thought I had a couple other Thanksgiving messages. Mm, here's another one. Oh, how to hold a safe Thanksgiving meal for your dog. 
I'm not going to delete that right now. What they want is for me to write an article based on their suggestions of how to host a happy Thanksgiving dinner for your dog. Um, let me just take another look. Hi, Bob. I wanted to quickly follow up on the email I sent you about interviewing Dr. Blabo Wolf, an investigative veterinarian, about how dog owners can host a safe and nutritious Thanksgiving for their dog. She's very well spoken and would like to be on your program to talk about Thanksgiving for dogs. Now, Ordinarily, I would delete that with such ferocity it might break my phone, but I'm going to hold that because I might set that up for Wednesday because it sounds like we could have fun with that. <laughs> I know we could have fun with it. I'm just not sure if I want to go there, but stay tuned to Wednesday's program because it could be fun. When the doctor tells us how we can hold a happy Thanksgiving dinner for our dogs. Here's one. Uh, somebody hosting the biggest fundraising day of the year. And they want me to cover that. What else? We go through... The truth is we go through so many of these emails and, and a lot of them are for organizations that simply want free plugs. You know, talk about this and such and such a business because they're doing something that's totally non newsworthy. And I that's 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 what that's the tough thing of the job. And then Here's one, I won't mention the person's name, with some actual <laughs> detailed information about a story I may wind up doing today or tomorrow because it's so intriguing. We'll just say that. It is so intriguing that I may... That story, thank you for the person who sent an, a good news tip late last night. Thank you for that. Let me see what time that was sent. I think it was... Cause I, I didn't read it till this morning. Let me see if I can find that. Because it's about something that will shock the sensibilities. If only I could find it now. Let's see, when was the news tip sent? Eh, wasn't that late. Anyway, we appreciate all the news tips. Some of these things are going to turn into news stories, whether people like it or not. Um, you know, sometimes the only news that some people want reported are the things that they send out news releases for. And then sometimes those those things could be important and certainly could merit coverage or... There are other stories that they won't send out a news release for, and yet they're a thousand times more interesting. So if you send me a news tip about something that's interesting, I, I certainly will do my best to look into it. Can't guarantee a story. And, and sometimes the way, 
The way the news world works these days, because of staffing limitations, sometimes the reality is you might send me a news tip today, and then you look on our website in a couple of hours, and you might be discouraged because there's no story about it. And then you look tomorrow, and then the next week. Sometimes it actually can take days or weeks before we can report on some things, for various reasons, by the way. Sometimes a story just takes more time to um, get basic information. Sometimes, if it's more of a feature story, it might get pushed to the back burner on the news stove because some stories are higher priority. Some stories need to be reported on now or today. Other stories are more like feature stories. It might take a while before we get to it, but we do our best. Bob at WNBF.com. That is the best place to report something. This is Binghamton Now on a Monday morning. We're glad you're here. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. I. No Three words, pay your taxes. 1121 WNBF, WNBF.com. We're here to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're trying. Every once in a while, you see a story in the New York Post and you say, holy cow. In this case, holy car. Out-of-control car flies over swimming pool, crashes into home. I'll be the first to admit this has nothing at all to do with Binghamton or even New York or Pennsylvania, but still, it is a story about a flying car, and you know that we've been waiting for flying cars now for over 50 years. Flying cars were promised to us a long time ago, and... The reality is, we can't buy a flying car. I want a flying car. But we can't get one. Anyway, New York Post has a story about a car that actually did fly. And let me take a closer look. All right, so a car flies over swimming pool, and then crashed into a home. Apparently, it was out of control. And this happened, of all places, not in Florida, where you might expect it. It was in California. Car ended up inside 
a family's home after the driver lost control hitting an embankment and causing the vehicle to soar through a nearby yard driveway and over a swimming pool before colliding into the kitchen of another home. Police were called to, get this, a quiet residential area after a woman's car crashed into a home. That's according to a spokesperson for the police department. Spokesperson said, obviously, a big collision like that doesn't happen every day. So multiple officers responded to make sure we could take lots of pictures. And they did. And they uh, appeared in the New York Post. So apparently uh, the driver and her daughter, who was in the passenger seat, remained at the scene following the chaotic crash. And neither were injured. The home was unoccupied at the time of the crash, according to the New York Post. So story about a flying car. It's 1124 at WNBF. Hi, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is DJ in Binghamton. How you doing, Bob? Oh, never better. Thank you. Great. Well, my question would be, where have you been, my brother from another mother? Because last week, the wonderful uh, mayor of New York City, Adams, announced city taxis in the air, flying in the air by 2025. He said... Well, that's not true, though. There will not be... There will not be... There will not be flying taxis in New York City in 2025. By 2025, Adam There won't be. By 2025, that's 13 months. It's not happening. Air taxis. Oh, oh. Yeah. So you're talking about helicopters. They already have helicopters. If no, not I've, helicopters. I thought you meant like these yellow kits. What I would cabs. like you to do is take your formerly nicotine stained fingers and go on Al Gore's internet and look up the story. I'm telling. I'm telling you, there will not be taxis flying in New York City now. If they're, you're talking about helicopters. They already have helicopters, and and helicopters provide essentially an air taxi service now. So if you want to go from Manhattan to Long Island or Manhattan to Connecticut or whatever, Manhattan to New Jersey, you take um, an air taxi. So if that's what he's talking about, when you said flying cars or flying taxis, that's what I inferred. When you say flying taxis, I thought it was flying cars. We're not going to have flying cars by 2025. Well, first of all, did you ever go into a Walmart bathroom and you put your hands under the sink and it's nothing? Don't, don't talk about that. You trying to make me sick? Let's get back on track. Let's talk about flying taxis. All they have to do is is solve the problem with those sensors, and they'll, uh, you know, the Google car, the personal self-driving vehicles will be out soon. It's just a problem with the sensors. And it's mm. few and far between. It's not every day that these cars are hitting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah it's, just, yeah, it's just too bad if the person that the mindless <laughs> car, the driverless car, it's too bad if it's you, right? The sensors. It's the sensors. It, it's not the sensors that hit you. It's the car that kills you. It's the same thing when you go into the Walmart bathroom. Don't. If you ever... Mention that topic again on this program. I mean, the bottom line is don't ever. 
ever. Nobody wants to hear that talk. I thought we could talk about No, you can't talk about that. You can talk about most anything else. Do not. Here we are, 33 minutes from lunchtime. You've already cost Binghamton restaurants probably several thousand dollars. Don't, don't talk about issues that nobody wants to hear about. Nobody wants to hear about that. Everybody wants to hear about what everybody wants to hear about. So I, being a good citizen, I'm telling you, go to New York City and get into a flying taxi and tell them that DJ told you about it on Binghamton Now. I'm looking at the video. That's not a flying... You make it sound... A flying taxi, you make it sound like it's one of those checker cabs or one of those yellow cabs. It's a helicopter. I'm looking at it now. Yes, electric air taxi. Joby Aviation. I'm looking at it now. So they essentially have that already. It's just a different type of helicopter. Right? I believe you have the wrong article, Bob. Well, I'm just reading. It says plans for New York City electric air taxis in 2025. So that's the only article that popped up that also had the video. So they're talking. So there's this is the story about a man named Brady and two electric air taxi makers who demoed their craft in New York City is part of the mayor's plans to create the world's first heliport with infrastructure necessary to support the vehicles eventually. And the thing is, these are like little helicopters. So the difference is, from a regular helicopter, which has been tested for decades before they crash, these are new helicopters which haven't been tested for very many years. So if people... In New York City in 2025, want to fly on one of these little electric. It reminds me of the little helicopter that was in my Lionel train back in the 60s. It reminds me of one of those helicopters. And no, I would not fly in one of those. You wouldn't? No. What, do you think I have a death wish? Would you be afraid of what's going to happen if the lithium battery blows up in midair? No, it's not, that's not what I'm afraid of. I'm looking at these things. They just don't look like there's much to them. Now, I'm not saying they're unsafe. I'm saying I personally wouldn't fly in them until they get more experience under their belt. The reality about helicopter travel is it takes a very special pilot with skill, a certain skill set, more than a, a regular air airplane pilot and also you have to trust the people making the helicopter these are people who just started and i'm i'm not discouraging them I, these these guys may be the visionaries of the future and ultimately these may be transporting us in several years but you're talking about 2025 i say to you that regular service is not going to happen in 2025 because I just don't think they've been tested enough. I don't think the FAA is going to approve regular operation of these aircraft. And by the way, I see because the company, one of the companies called Joby Aviation, I've read about them because they do have a partnership with Delta Airlines. They Delta Airlines um, 
gave them a cash infusion last year. So I have read about that company. So at some point in the future, these things may be viable. But in 2025, my, my concern is, if they're approved that soon, is they're going to be in the news a lot. It's not because of how many safe trips they've had. Mm. And again, I don't know. I admit, I, I have not actually talked with the guys developing this. I think it's too soon for to be thinking that in the next 13 and a half months, there will be regular tax air taxi service in New York City. The headline on one a website, because they want the clicks, did you hear that? The website wants clicks. It says, from yellow uh. cabs to sky cabs, air taxis take a big Apple test flight. Well, I'm sure they got lots of clicks, but I don't think these things are ready for prime time. That's my personal opinion. So these two companies, one, as I mentioned, is Joby Aviation. The other is Volocopter. They did fly short test flights at the heliport a few days ago. And Eric Adams... Have you paid attention to Eric Adams lately, DJ? Not much. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's something, something's not going well with that guy in office. I'm not saying there's a problem with him. I'm saying there's something wrong with what's going on right now with the mayor's office in New York City. And the last thing that guy needs to focus on is air taxis. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Bob, why don't you get a hold of the company and have them come on the show and interview him? That's doing the helicopter, yeah, city tax. Well, I, I, since, they're, cars. since they're, they're probably cars. listening, if the kid who runs Joby Aviation or the kid who runs <laughs> Volocopter, if they're, they're listening, listening, I'm saying if they're listening. Get a hold of them. I'm not calling them. No, I, I've got too many things to do today. I'm not going to oh, okay. call them because here, but I will say this. This is my solemn vow. If Joby Aviation or Volocopter contact me and fly one of their air taxis to Binghamton, I promise to go up for, with them for a test flight. That's a good deal. All right. So there. There, I said it. Knowing full well they're not coming to Binghamton. But, oh, by the way, it would have to be an exclusive. If you're Joby Aviation or Volocopter, and then you say... Well, well, I guess we could justify going up to Binghamton because we'll we'll do, you know, the TV stations, that kid from Binghamton now, uh, public media, the newspaper. No, it has to be an exclusive. If Joby Aviation, if the kid that runs that, or Volocopter, if they bring up one of their test air taxis up to the airport, in the town of Maine or over to Tri-Cities Airport. And if they offer me an exclusive test ride so I can take video and pictures from their air taxi, well, it goes, say, from Endicott to Binghamton, then I'll, I'll take a flight at great personal risk. But it has to be, be between now and the end of the year. So it's the offer is valid through December 31st, 2023. I think that'd be a great story. We'd get lots of interest. This is Bob Joseph, working for America, willing to take certain risks so you can feel what it's like to ride around the triple cities in an air taxi.
That's what I do for WNBF. Eleven If you'd like to speak with Bob Joseph live on Binghamton Now on WNBF. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by the Love Boat. <laughs> uh, Ernie Anderson. If you know, you know. Broome County developers still working on plans for a possible gated community. I've been keeping an eye on this emerging story. I think it's interesting. See what happens. Still in the early stages. I've never been to a gated community. I think I've driven past gated communities, but I, I've never been inside a gated community because they won't let me in. At any rate, Brett Pritchard has acquired some property in the town of Binghamton off Webb Road. So that includes some of the things that were associated with the Vestal Hills Country Club for a long time. Uh, some of the property had been acquired by Broome County for a Veterans Services Center, and then that plan was scrapped. Location was changed. It went from that site to a location on Binghamton's north side. Uh, Brett Pritchard told us that he now has uh, acquired another parcel for use in that planned housing development. So that land includes the former golf course of the Vestal Hills Country Club. Pritchard said he is still at the stage of working on the details of the proposed project, which initially could include about 35 homes. Again, this is still early. He says a feasibility study will be conducted to see if there's really a market for this sort of thing. And if they determine there's a market, well, then they may go forward. So a gated community in the town of Binghamton. Town Supervisor Elizabeth Rounds told me she would welcome new residential developments, but she also is uncertain if there would be enough demand for this type of project. So she's awaiting specific plans before offering any real opinion about that proposed development. But still, it's interesting. I find it intriguing, to be sure. So that's what could happen where the Vestal Hills Country Club had been located. If you want to see a little bit more on the story, plus some pictures of that idyllic section of the town of Binghamton, you can take a look at our website, wnbf.com. By the way, I may be in your neighborhood today. This is just a heads up for people In the triple cities, well, Broome County and Tioga County. If you see me in your neighborhood today, don't be alarmed. I'm working on some feature stories, and it doesn't mean sometimes if I show up in your neighborhood, it means that something big is happening. <coughs> I 
Um, <laughs> but if I'm in your neighborhood um, today, it's probably okay. Probably. I, you know, I, I do have some places that I intend to go. So sometimes people see me in their neighborhood and all of a sudden they think, oh my gosh, the news is here. Sometimes people realize the news, the news, they say, is uh, sometimes not, not good in your neighborhood. But if you see me in your neighborhood today or tomorrow, it's probably because I'm working on a feature story and uh, you don't need to worry. There's no danger to the public <laughs> unless you see police. If you see police in, in yellow crime tape, then... Maybe you should stay inside. But otherwise, if I'm just out there taking pictures and video, I would say there's there's nothing likely to worry about. Here's one. Mark from Binghamton writes about homeless people. Hi, Bob. I have heard people talk of seeing people living in such a, such and such place. I'm not going to identify the place. Uh, Sign Mark from Binghamton. Dear Mark. Dear Mark. I uh, will look into that. Uh, The reality is there are a lot of people living right now in a lot of places where, in theory, they don't have permission to be. So, Mark, you feel free to send a follow-up note if you want to send a follow-up email. But I can tell you right now because of the growing homelessness problem in our area. Uh, People who are unhoused now are finding themselves living in places where technically they don't have permission to be. But that's that's the nature of the beast. There are a lot of a lot of people in bad situations right now. It's eleven forty two. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Harry from Kirkwood. Hey, Lair. Well, even if you did come to my neighborhood, Bob, I wouldn't even know what you look like because I've never seen you before. <laughs> yeah, I ha- had that happen to me uh, Sunday afternoon. I was reporting on a story, and some guy who's actually talked to me in, in, in the past, he said, and he was shocked and, and happy. His eyes lit up. Like a kid's eyes would light up on Christmas morning, say if they caught Santa Claus still in the living room next to the tree. And he said, and I'll have to paraphrase, you're Bob Joseph. Now, that's not exactly how it went, but it's very similar. He was very excited to meet me because he listens to the program on a regular basis. And he actually has spoken with me on the phone in the past he sent emails and he actually said he was surprised in in the past when he sent me an email and i actually followed up the email by calling him he was he was shocked that that happened and uh he and pleased and anyway so yeah people he he said well i'm glad now i have a face to go with the voice and i said well good but i hope you'll keep listening and he said he will so so yeah i might I might be in your neighborhood. I might be coming to Kirkwood. If I'm not in Kirkwood today, it might be tomorrow or Wednesday. So keep an eye out. Your voice is just like me. Once you hear it, you don't forget it. <laughs> That's the thing. I I need to always be cognizant that my voice 
is very identifiable. So doesn't make a difference if I'm in a noisy atmosphere. If I'm in a, a crowded venue and people are, are, lots of people are speaking, but sometimes, say, in a relatively quiet restaurant, I don't realize that my voice car- could carry through the whole place. So I, sometimes I have to be admonished, Bob, they can hear you. It's like, oh, well, if that's the case, then that means they'll listen to the program tomorrow if they, they thought, oh, Bob was in the restaurant, so I'm going to listen tomorrow to see what he has to say about about the ribeyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so. that ribs, and my favorite thing. <laughs> so what else... What else is going on this week? Do you think well, you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday? Yeah, surely will. I'm not sure where I'll be, where I'll be right now. I, I could be at home with my sister and whoever comes out. But then I was talking to one of my nieces and uh, asking her if I could join them for Thanksgiving. And she said yes. So uh, if I can find a ride up there, I, I'll be joining them. So that'll yeah. be nice. How about you? You going on vacation? Oh, I certainly will not be working. I don't. I'll, yeah, I'll be off later this week. I, I, uh, not really sure that it would serve the public interest for me to be on the air on Thanksgiving. Who would be listening to that? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, take the next week off. Oh no, oh, okay. no. I have a work ethic. I'm not one of those. You know, you see. You yeah, see, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to name talk show hosts because of HIPAA. I want to respect their privacy. But too many talk show hosts, and I think you know who I mean, around this time of year, sometimes they're scarce. You know, they some take all of Thanksgiving week off, and then sometimes the week after. And then, yeah, and then I tell you, there's something wrong with the work ethic in this country when, say, between mid-November and the end of the year, there are some high-profile people who appear to work between five and ten days. You know, for I don't think that sets a good example for the rest of America. You know, if you run a talk show and you expect people to think, even though you have mansions, that you're one of them. So what you do, you're a talk show host, you own a mansion, you sold one of your mansions, but you still own the other mansion and then you've bought more expensive property but if you complain enough about gas prices then people think you're one of them which of course nothing could be further from the truth but the other thing that makes it clear to most listeners is if between mid-november and the end of the year you're you're on the air maybe for two weeks two weeks out of six and i i just don't I don't think you're doing the listeners or or the radio station any favor by being that scarce. Well, I think if somebody's doing that, they just should flat out disappear and not come back. Cause that's ridiculous. Take a week or so off. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, oh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, getting away from talk show hosting, that, there are definitely some people that I wish... They would just disappear. Oh. I'm talking about politicians. No. I don't want anyone to disappear. I, I mean, mean, even even the people. There are some people. <laughs> no, seriously, Larry. I'm some I think I think a few listeners might might um, believe I would love some 
people, politicians, or whatever to disappear. And no, I don't want anyone to disappear. I want people to continue what they're doing. I mean, I think it's great. That's what I love about America is all people keep doing what you do. That's what makes for a good talk show. Keep doing, I mean, if you're an elected official, a candidate, a business person, just the average Joe, keep doing whatever it is you do. And that way I never run out of material. I don't want people to disappear. I want people to keep doing more stuff. There are definitely some people I wish you didn't have to hear from anymore. (laughs) And uh, and it's not the one person you're thinking I know. Well, anyway, I hope you have a a great day and enjoy your Thanksgiving. All right. Bless you. It's 11.49 at WNBF. No, this is my advice to everyone. Everyone. Keep doing what you do. And that way... Every day, there is going to be some stuff that we can talk about here on the program. If people suddenly disappear or for whatever reason they keep a lower profile, that's not helpful. Whatever it is you do, keep doing it. Unless you're doing something illegal and then stop. Stop right now. If you're doing anything illegal, stop it this minute. And then start doing legal stuff so we can talk about that. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph working for the best country imaginable on WNBF. Eleven fifty-two from the people who brought you Vegemite. Eight minutes before the hour at WNBF with uh, Bob Joseph, Dan Bongino in the bullpen warming up, and uh, later the Sean Hannity show, and then later than that, Mark Levin with constitutional thoughts. Constitutional thoughts. That's the uh, dynamic trio. Bongino, Hannity, and Levin. You get them every day right here at WNBF. Here's an update from the Washington Post regarding the gag order. Both government and an attorney representing Donald Trump are facing intense questioning from a three-judge panel in the D.C. Court of Appeals. The topic is whether a limited gag order imposed on Trump by Judge Tanya Chutkin unfairly limits his speech. Trump's lawyer is arguing the former president has a First Amendment right to speak about his federal election interference case, especially because he is running for president. A lawyer from special counsel Jack Smith's office counters that without guardrails on his speech, Trump... Trump... Trump will intimidate witnesses, incite threats against government employees, and distort public understanding of the case. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me just quickly click on this. 
I didn't realize. Hold on. You just, um... Hmm. Let me see. Now, I thought the audio was available. Hmm. Looked like the audio was available online. I think it is, if only I knew how to work this thing. Anyway... Yeah, it turns out we could have been listening to some of the arguments because it, the U.S. Court of Appeals, unlike most governments around here in Broome County, has learned how to put their stuff on YouTube and do it live. But uh, unfortunately, I think they actually, it looks like they just took a break. Hold on a second. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Wait. <laughs> That's not the court. Hold on. I think this is the court. ...the argument you're making today, which is essentially that the district court has no authority to regulate the speech of a criminal defendant unless it's entirely unprotected. All right. So, yes, it turns out the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit was live streaming the audio. Just the audio, no video, but at least we would have been able to hear some of the arguments, which might have been fascinating. I'm sure we'll hear some of the arguments later in the day. You'll hear clips. You'll hear a few things on newscast on the radio here on WNBF, maybe some of the talk shows. I would think that Dan Bongino and Sean Hannity will probably run some clips of the arguments. As I mentioned earlier about this case, about the gag order on Donald Trump, I think it's a very difficult case. In most instances involving any other defendant or virtually any other defendant in America, I would be inclined to say, yeah, there should be a gag order because, well, just because we can't, we can't conduct legal proceedings when the defendant is constantly spouting off and saying things that could intimidate witnesses or cause other problems with the proceedings. But because of who this specific defendant is, if I were making the decision, I probably probably in the interest of justice say hey in this one case based on all of the factors that are present in this case even though he deserves a gag order based on his written and spoken comments and general behavior and his uh, long track record of behaving like Donald Trump he deserves a gag order but in this particular case we are ruling against a gag order, and we will just say he can do whatever he wants. Right, Bill Flynn? Even Bill Flynn is shaking his head. Bill Flynn just came in here. He said, yeah, Bob. Right, Bill? He can do whatever he wants. Bill Flynn and I agree. In this case, let, let Donald Trump do whatever he wants. I mean, within reason. I mean, he can't go to Fifth Avenue and start shooting people. But as far as if he wants to say bad things about the judge or about potential witnesses, hey, let him. 
let him and do it at his own risk and make clear he can't appeal. No matter what happens, if he if he keeps this up, no matter what happens, he won't be able to appeal any verdict. That's our program for today. I'm Bob Joseph. Don't worry, I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square.